Yo, what's going on, everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour. Yes, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 139. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're recording this on the 22nd, so by the time this comes out, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you're all having a good one. Stay safe out there. And to bring it in in style, of course, you have to have family, you have to have friends. So, of course, we have a guest tonight. He comes to us from the Jake James Lugo channel. He is Jake James Lugo himself. Jake James, how you doing, man? Thank you, guys. I appreciate the kind words and stuff, and good to see y'all, good to meet y'all, and hopefully everybody else that gets a kick out of this episode. You know, it's cool to talk with y'all. Yeah, yeah, speaking of that, why don't you do a little plug-in of what you got out there so people know where oh, to man. find you? So, yeah, I do a lot. So my main YouTube channel is youtube.com slash channel, which is just Jake James Lugo in the search bar as the channel. Uh, I do frequent, like, weekly uploads, highly edited, highly produced video reviews, let's plays, unboxings, podcasts. I do a ridiculous amount of content. <laughs> uh, on top of that, besides YouTube, I'm always on all, like, other social media, Twitter, twitter.com slash Lugo, Instagram, instagram.com slash Lugo. I'm also a freelance writer and a host. I do a lot of different content at a variety of different places, including the Flynn's Arcade Gaming and More uh, website every single weekend. I write about retro games. I write about fighting games, arcade stuff, a lot of different things. I've been in the industry as a content creator slash press media person for going on now 12 years. It'll be 12 years in Damn. January that I've been doing a lot of stuff. I've freelanced for places like IGN, Playboy, The Coalition, Switch Player Magazine, Red Bull Gaming, a lot of places. And there's even more beyond that, some of which is coming very soon. But I love talking about games. I love the conversation about games. I love conversing with other people about them, critiquing them, and just having a ball with them overall. So that's basically all I'm about. <laughs> So you're way more professional than us when it comes to gaming. <laughs> We're just two assholes who drink beer and play games. <laughs> but that, that's all it is, though. It's, like, it's just having fun. We're all the same. It doesn't matter like how much we have in our careers and stuff. We all just love having fun playing video games and drinking beer, too. So I can relate. Yeah. And I said uh, before we got started, I noticed you got the little something-something. Now is that... Is that a uh, you've had it a few times before, and you it's yeah. just something that stuck with you? I've had it. I've had it a few times. I got this one specifically because my sister-in-law and, and my brother actually got like a big case of it, like mm -hmm. that. Because we get beers, we'll get wine stuff. Because I'm a wine guy. Okay. I was originally going to come on here with some red wine, but it was like you know what they they drink beer, so you know what team player <laughs> over here. Let me get a nice beer and have it with y'all. Then I was going to go for a Hanneken, but then I was like no, let me let me have this. Let me like mess around with this because it's pretty good. A little higher on the alcohol content than a Hanneken, which I appreciate. Nice, nice, no. I, I like it and uh yeah we've had we've had wine people liquor people i mean it don't matter drinking with yeah, us exactly. that that it's drink what you like enjoy what you like just like video mm -hmm. games where you definitely won't see any snobs on this side nice. but um let me ask you though for thanksgiving do you have a go-to are you beer wine or liquor throughout the day because i drink everything during thanksgiving <laughs> like when it's holiday time like there is no like picky and choosiness like mm -hmm. there is just you got to just stick with some and just go with it just roll with it and i just happen to go through the whole entire menu sometimes like, <laughs> I like I, if it. i had to choose like usually for thanksgiving and especially with the holidays when it comes to alcoholic drinks i'll have whatever beers around there like that i'll usually get merlot for wines okay. sometimes sometimes cabernet Sauvignon if it's around but like i like merlots that's that's a pretty good thing for me yeah. maybe a malbec but really merlot's the go-to as far as like if it's at Publix or something then yeah i'm picking that up but outside of that i'll go for non-alcoholic drinks like especially uh, eggnog I'll have, like, eggnog and I'll have coffee drinks. I like having stuff like that, especially with desserts. Yeah. Yeah, eggnog is uh, the same as the beer that I've mentioned. I only drink starting Thanksgiving. I do my Mad Elf then. But uh, eggnog, that's, like, probably 
after Thanksgiving, I'm willing to start having yeah. it. And I save like it just... That time. Yeah. Because I'm not one of those people... I don't wait for that all year. I can't... I'm not like, oh, man, can't wait to have my eggnog. But when I have it, I do enjoy it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it's one of those very seasonal things for me. Exactly. But speaking of seasonal, Jim... Um, yes. Saving my Mad Elf. I already got my six-pack. Sitting right next to that beautiful six-pack, though, was, of course, the Troganator. So, ah, yes. Nice. This is another classic uh, double Bach beer. And, uh, you know, it's 8.2%, so it is strong. And just like a lot of things from Trogues that are, that are this strong, it sneaks up on you really fast. And it doesn't feel like an 8.2%. And I say this is probably my favorite style of lager. Because it doesn't get enough love. It's got like thick, malty flavor, some caramel, and it goes down smooth. As you can tell, I'm already almost done this glass. So, yeah, I love this beer. And, Chambers, what is it you're drinking with us tonight? It's actually funny you mentioned Troganator because every time like I'll mention Trogues in like a tweet or put it out on Instagram, everyone's like, oh, yeah, fucking love Troganator. So, I think that's like picking up steam like all around, too. Mm -hmm. But I'm actually drinking from the Goose Island Beer Company. The Sophie 2017 Belgian-style Saison. Tart, dry, sparkling ale with spicy white pepper notes and a hint of orange peel and creamy vanilla finish. So 6.5% alcohol. Comes in the big old, the big uh, fancy boy bottle here. And I actually got this from my neighbor because I got him a couple IPAs when I was out because he helps me out a lot around the house because I'm the opposite of handy. So I, as a little thank you, I gave him a couple IPAs from out in St. Louis. So he was like, Hey, I know you like craft beer, so I'm never going to drink this. So here you go. I got to say, it's pretty damn tasty. So nice. Like a smooth, like the, the orange and the vanilla definitely comes through in this. So if you like Saison's with a little flavor thrown in there, this is pretty goddamn good. I don't know if you're going to find a 2017 one anymore, but if you see the Sophie around, definitely give it a shot. Jim, why is it all your best beers seem to be gifts from people? Because I'm a scumbag. <laughs> because I go for cheap and easy, and everyone goes, oh, hey, you'll probably like this. And I go, he finds I those deals. Yeah. Like, I remember getting you that dissident, and you're like, for the longest time, you're like, oh, I have this new favorite beer, this dissident stuff. You didn't get that for me. I, I bought that when I we were got at that the for you. Thing. No, you, you did not. You're wrong. Again, you, you were bought wrong. it for clearance after the fact. No, the first time <laughs> I had it is when I bought it for clearance at there. Jim, who's point had... is, you got it. Yeah. That's what matters. That yeah. is true. <laughs> and Jim, which one of us has had more blackouts in our life? So that means, right? That means I remember the things that I remember better because I cherish them more. See, you take advantage <laughs> like of your memories. The that's mental bullshit. gymnastics yeah. with this. I was gonna say that's not how it works. Son of a that's bitch. exactly how it works. <laughs> now, Jake James, I got a question. So, Yo. with all the, everything you're doing, producing, editing, you know, do you have time to just sit back and enjoy? video games casually anymore is everything kind of like going to your business side and your creator side it depends on the day or the week that i'm having like that because yeah. i have to force myself to do that at times like because i think that it's important to play and, and interact with games or whatever that you love you know outside of all the work like i had that a while back where i sat down and just played through spider-man on ps4 and i enjoyed the hell out of that game wasn't playing it for videos wasn't playing it for review writing none of that and i just for like a good week just straight just played through that game and i had so much fun so yeah. there are moments like that there'll be some games that i end up buying or end up getting somehow where i'll just play it like that as opposed to just doing it for content because content's important and that's got to be something that's frequent it's always got to be something that you're constantly engaging with but if you're not playing stuff and you're just like thinking about that constantly all the time you're going to lose the passion that you have for whatever it is that you're engaging with 
And you, personally for me, I don't want that to happen because I love games. Again, games have been part of my entire life, you know, for these like 33 years I've been on this earth. So yeah. I'd rather not like, you know, lose out on that. Nice, nice. Now, what about this past week? Have Is there anything you've been uh, dabbling in or playing? that uh, I've been you... playing a lot. I've been playing a lot. I play more than the average person for various different reasons. But the biggest ones that I could say that I've been playing for review stuff, I'm playing Knights of the Old Republic on Nintendo Switch. That's the big one. I've been waiting on that for a long time. And that's a meaty game that's going to take me a while. The original plan was try to finish that by this week to try to get it out before Thanksgiving. Mm. I was like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. you got to work on the game stuff because KOTOR is a very, very meaty game. Um, the other one that I just got recently, I did a video about it today, Curvy Star Allies on Nintendo Switch because mm -hmm. I saw it on a half-off deal over at GameStop, and that was pretty dope, so pick that up. Um, I've also been messing around a little bit with some of the games on Games Pass for PC because uh, I just finally just got into that. There was a deal that you pay a dollar, you get it for a couple months. And, I, yeah, uh, I got I on that deal as well, games. yeah. Yeah, it's just you know a bunch of games to choose from, like including Cyber Shadow, which I finally sat down for the first time I played, and that's pretty dope. It's really, yep. really good. A retro style game uh some killer instinct because killer instinct you know it's, it's fun especially if you're in the xbox ecosystem that's your fighting game of choice um and a couple others here and there but i've been bouncing around from a lot of games i mean outside of that i'll play warzone with friends you know obviously call of duty you know granted vanguard's out right now but i tried the trial for vanguard and i wasn't feeling it hmm. so i was like i'll just stick with warzone i've already i've already had my fill of call of duty i think i got that covered and then obviously overwatch whenever i can i'll play overwatch with friends you know we'll team up online on psn or something nice yeah so it's funny we uh we we both did vanguard day was released and i said this has been one of the more fun just multiplayer because like everyone else i think i converted to war zones you know that that basically the most whereas with black the last cold war i think i only played multiplayer for a week tops and then yeah, i was kind of done with it whereas vanguard i can still go back and still there's something that is a little on one hand it feels a little less twitchy but i think the player base has changed so much where everyone's goddamn bunny hopping around so much more than yeah. like i would prefer in a call of duty game also keep in mind it's world war ii exactly a lot of those people like that on the more modern style yep. uh, call of duty games that are into the war zone that are into modern warfare and stuff like that like i think there's a certain type of fan especially if you're call of duty that has that like you know taste for world war ii style games because mm -hmm. call of duty's bread and butter was world war ii yep. that's how really that series was like got started before everything changed with call of duty 4 yeah no no for sure but um yeah, no, I was curious because, like I said, I saw your video uh, trying out Vanguard. So, do you think you're ever going to go back to the multiplayer or are you just going to wait to the Honestly, new map? no. Because I think that when I get my Call of Duty fixed, I get it from Warzone now because I do play it so much. Yeah. And I think that I'll, every once in a while when I can, I'll go back to, like, Modern Warfare or Cold War, whatever, you know, as a group that we're in the mood for, mm -hmm. like that. But on my own, like, if I'm really going to go look for Call of Duty Vanguard multiplayer, not really. I gotcha. feel like if I want that quick fix, I'm going to go to Warzone. Sure. It's, it's just easier to deal with. And there's more people playing it, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Definitely seems like everyone, like, abandons with every release, like, the multiplayer just quicker and quicker. And then they're just like, all right, I'm going back to Warzone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right now, these days. <laughs> yeah. Well, shit. Uh, you know, I was I, I converted all my friends once PUBG really introduced what I would consider the Battle Royale style. And then, obviously, you know, Fortnite and everything else kicked off. But... It seems like, yeah, that is the new FPS multiplayer 
like the way everyone wants to play is a battle royale style and it doesn't know, seem it like it's changing though it might be changing though because i mean granted halo infinite just came out you know with its multiplayer stuff and that might shift things a little bit because people have been wanting that style of you know multiplayer shooter like that but warzone is just so or call of duty is just so big you know yeah. with, with such a rabid fan base oh yeah it's much more ex yeah i think halo is an interesting case where you're gonna have the the people who've been dying for another good halo and no, that it's... experience I don't know how much of the... You know what it is, unfortunately? Well, fortunately or unfortunately, I think right now, any new gamers are only getting hyped by... They'll see, like, highlight clips on Instagram, mm. on t TikTok, or whatever. On TikTok, yeah. And then we'll say, oh, okay, maybe that'll be a game I try. But I think you're going to realize really quickly, Halo, to me, was never super accessible to new players. Like, especially if you're getting yeah, shit on immediately. So it's going to be... you got to have some competence at FPSs in order to really kind of get into Halo. Like, yeah. it's, Call of Duty is, like, so twitchy and so fast. Yeah. And it's, like, so, like, in your face like that. And Halo, I think that it, Halo did good for making, like, a modern-day, like, shooter, like, how it feels. Yeah. And then Call of Duty just took it to, like, the far extreme for people that are just not FPS players or not, like, big gamers in general. Yeah, yeah. No, but the Halo looks pretty interesting. I mean, Jim, you are obviously... Of our friends, you're probably the biggest Halo nut. I mean, does that mm -hmm. seem like something you're going to dip your toes back into? I, I I wish I had a Series X so I could start playing it because it looks... I'd it be looks, playing it right now, yeah, if yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks like... You know, it's actually funny when you see people talk about it. They're like, oh, you know, jumping around in Halo and I dumped two uh, rounds of bullets and didn't kill the guy. So, yeah, it's a Halo game. <laughs> I was like, ah, shit, bring me back. <laughs> so it's all, yo, at least you should have picked up the BR. So yeah. picking up whatever other weapon you were thinking of. I was going to say, <laughs> no, jamming his... It's all about this spray and pray and then hit him in the face yeah. with your elbow. Spray, triple shot, triple shot, hit. <laughs> That's right. That's how a real man does it. <laughs> now, what about you, Jamers? What you been playing this past Actually, week? Actually, I haven't had time for shit lately. Like, it's just been a lot of doing, getting some more footage for reviews we have coming out. Yeah. So I went back to Alien Trilogy using your little tip to... Mm. If you ever play Alien Trilogy on the PS1, do not do it on the PS3 because you won't be able to see shit. So There's a lot of games it. that are like that that are PS1 games that have that same problem. So is it just an emulation? Because Jim said it was a he thought it was an emulation issue. Is it is that what it is? I think so, if I'm not mistaken. Because I know another game that gave me that similar problem was Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Because Mortal Kombat mm. Trilogy is just notorious for having issues like that. And I'm pretty sure there's other ones I'm just not thinking of at the moment. There's like a list out there I know people can look online like for specific PS1 games that have the, almost the exact same problem. See, that I wish I knew that. I'm such a stubborn asshole. Like I started the game and I was like, oh wow, this shit's really moody. It's really dark. Like I'm having trouble seeing anything. And then I realized, like, okay, I'm getting in some levels where literally it's a guessing game. If I see a hint of light, I was trying to move through, like, the ducks and shit. And I was I like... I know in, on the console itself, there's a thing that you could go to in the menu to adjust stuff, like, for the display. The I did the that. Not yep. the game itself, but the actual mm -hmm. PlayStation 3 itself to mess around with it. But that doesn't always help. That doesn't really do much. Didn't do shit. I, like, turn up the brightness on my TV. I'm, like, going crazy. I'm mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? I put it in my PS2, and I was like this is looks like a completely different game so yeah that was incredibly frustrating but jim so now that you got to test it out on ps2 with actual light well like, i used my actual ps1 and it oh, was okay. still pretty dark hmm. like it wasn't as dark but it was still dark like i turned the brightness up like on the hd retrovision cables turned it up on my tv and it was still better than the ps3 but it wasn't like that much better so i don't know if the ps2 like you know try the ps2 yeah maybe it does i mean i sh i think i showed you the footage it 
to me, yeah, that no, yours looks much way, better. Yeah, yours look way brighter than anything that I was getting to work. So I'll try that as one last ditch, but it's still a little better. But yeah, then I also started digging out the uh, the pinball tables on Pinball FX3 for the Alien games, and I was like, man, these are great. Okay, so you know me, I'm not a fan of pin- I, I. What was that game that you talked about so much and then I played and beat your score within a week? Oh, Devils, uh, Demons Tilt. Yeah. That was literally probably the only pinball game I played before, like, these tables. And I, I played the Alien ones, and I was like, they look super cool. The Aliens table was a lot of fun. I played the Alien Isolation. I wasn't as big a fan of that. But I was like, oh, these are actually, like, these are really cool. I wonder if most pinball games. And I played some other, like, generic tables. I was like, no, this is just a lot more fun. Yeah, I think the freebies that come with Pinball FX aren't going to be that crazy. So yeah. I think they make it so you got to pay to actually get something cool out of it. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, this week, similar to you, um, I'm trying to finish off Alien Colonial Marines, which it is what it That's is. That's a slog. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, as I said Did your gym, opinion change, Brian? Because at first you're like, I don't see why people hate it so much. I, now I, that you're, uh... So I understand now, like I decided, let me do some research. Why did... Why do people did people hate it so much? And then understanding the backstory of like what it was supposed to be, what it turned out, I did notice some of the things. Like I do realize now, like how I'd say stupid the enemy AI is, especially in most. Oh, did you see the thing with the mods on that on PC? There's one thing. There's a mod that fixed it. It completely revamps the entire AI. Oh, nice. No, I I have. It's hilarious. Like it's one (laughs) one little change to code on like a text document. I, you know what? I saw a video talking about that, and they're like, yeah. yeah it, 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 like, totally like, changes that game. One up. one line of code, which is insane. Mm-hmm. But I said, that game, like, putting myself back, like, okay, it might not have looked like the trailers. Still so far, like, I think it looks, it gets the feel down of Aliens, and it's the, it was the best FPS Aliens, debatably. Um, but the problem is, like, it's so goddamn repetitive. And there's a lot of missions that take way too long. Um, it's not great, but I think like a lot of games that get overhyped as like worst games ever. I don't, I wouldn't put it in that category. It's just not that great, but I, I spent $5 at a goodwill with a still wrapped copy. So I can't really complain. Um, yeah, it always softens the blow. Yeah. I played that and I've gotten really hardcore back into as my casual playing, uh, back into my total Warhammer two game. Um, since uh, Warhammer 3 is going to be coming out in February, so I'm getting reamped up, and I always love that game. So, yeah, I'm just playing cool. the shit out of that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's no. Picks. Yeah, yeah, like I said, this week is going to be probably late, I think, with the holiday coming up. But I will say, by the time you're watching this video, you will have already seen our Alien on the Alien 3 on the NES review. Um, interestingly enough... Uh, you just did a review for the Genesis Alien 3. Yep, exactly. We saw I was that. about to say. <laughs> and Jim and I were talking about that um, as we were I'll tell you right now, it's the best version of that game. You think it's so? It's the best version of all the versions of that game, and it's down to one specific thing, the music. Music, hands mm. down. That Genesis sound chip sounds so good. You think so? Interesting. Yeah. So I don't want to spoil our thoughts on it. I th- well, I, I can say we definitely differ on best version. But we'll leave surprise, I guess. We so we only decide to cover NES, Super NES, and Genesis. Even though hmm. NES is there's a billion a, versions. There's a lot more like that are like inconsequential. Like yeah, Game Gear, Game Boy, whatever. The NES and the NES really, we know it's just a port of the Genesis version. Um, but yeah, there's really it's a 
Genesis and Super NES, I, like, I can't believe how different they were, like, playing yeah. through them. But, yeah. So, like I, I have said, to say, the music is one of the best parts of that game on the Genesis. So, it, definitely it, agree It's just that sound of it. It just, there's a certain thing with, with Gen the Genesis sound chip that just certain types of tracks just sound better than anything else for the different versions of those games. Like, you could look at other games like, uh, like, uh, WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game. Like stuff oh. like that, like you could see the differences in them. Just with the sound, it makes all different. Mortal Kombat Two is another one that it just sounds better on the Genesis, even well, though arguably technically it's WrestleMania, better. WrestleMania, you didn't even have music. Sorry, sorry to cut you off real quick, but WrestleMania didn't even have music on the other versions. That was the only one with music during the match. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I said Jim and I, we had the same comment for both NES and Sega Genesis for Alien Three. Though is that music? It's so catchy and poppy. It does not sound like it belongs in an it alien sounds game. like 80s music like it reminds it really me does. of the late 80s to early 90s like straight like i think it's stage four where you're actually in like some sort of like you know some sort of like white like backgrounds like you know facility and stuff mm -hmm. that that track specifically reminds me of like the late 80s into the early 90s like yeah it's just got that vibe to it on the genesis so if, if anybody listening to this now goes listens to that like on youtube you'll you'll instantly get what i'm saying yeah yeah, it, it sounded like it should be in another side-scrolling beat-em-up on the Genesis, not an Alien 3 game. <laughs> yeah. like I said, the tone was just off. But like I said, it, we will... Uh, like we, You've seen our review by this point of Alien 3 on the NES, so you will see our upcoming review of Alien 3 on Genesis next. So like I said, it is good that you just did it. Um, and speaking of things to upcome... Mm -hmm. We might be having a little Black Friday sale on the website, so Absolutely. we can make that work. Yeah. So yeah. head on over to drinkabeerplaygame.com, check out the merch, might be some deals there. And with our release of our new shirt with the new logo from our buddy Optic, Optic Decay, thank you once again. His links are below as well. Um, yeah, you're going to see huge cuts in our shirt. Great time to get them. Help support us. We truly appreciate it, guys. But yeah, speaking deals. of supporting us, Chambers. What questions do we have from our awesome patrons this week? All right, bro. I'll give you that transition. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Patreon.com slash drink a beer play game, where for as little as $2 a month, you can ask a question that we'll answer on each and every single one of these Power Hour podcasts. First up, from G to the next level. Hey, guys. I've been on a bit of an Atari kick lately, and I might be getting an Atari 5200 soon. Mm. But we all know how faulty that controller is. Question for you is, what are some of your least favorite controllers ever? Sorry for the bit of absence, but been enjoying the podcast. Cheers. I'll let it go, G. Mr. Mr. Full-time content creator, I think I can let it go. But no, thank you, buddy. <laughs> oh, so, man. Jake James, you're the guest, so we'll let you go first. There's, this one might, might rub people a little bit the wrong way, but I'll tell you right now, and, and it's specifically because of the time when I played this back then, the Dreamcast controller. I think it was annoying back in the day, and it has to do with the wire placement. Because mm -hmm. just the little thing that you needed to do in order to put the wire like on the opposite side, like just by design, it's just an annoying controller. Even though it has like elements of like more modern controllers, like with the button layout, obviously with the 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 VMU and all that other stuff. But just with the, specifically that cable, you know, of where it is, that's what made that controller annoying to mess with. Nice. Took my answer, you bitch. <laughs> I was gonna say that's Jim's standard shit on con uh, controller. It's understandably no. so, though. Like it's just it's it's got it's a console with great games, like in, in a lot of like different stuff, especially of its time. And the controller itself, without the stupid cable thing, is not that bad. It's like very similar to what we got later on with like the Duke mm -hmm. for the Xbox. Oh yeah. But still, it's just the stupid cable placement. Like whoever designed that controller clearly wasn't thinking about that stuff. Yeah. 
So, yeah, Jim, so, are you sticking with Dreamcast now? <laughs> oh, no, I got to back up. I'm going to go with the Sega Master System controller. Because that is one of that's the... a good pick. That's one of the worst D-pads you'll ever deal with yes. in your life. That's it is a mushy sack of shit, and God forbid you have the Player 2 controller where the cord comes out from the side most yeah. inconveniently. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Sega really only had, like, two good controllers. What can I say? And it certainly wasn't and I'm a Sega original... Boy. And their, their original Genesis controller was dog shit because most of the games you needed to get the six button anyway. You, you need to get the six button. Yeah, the six yeah. one was, was the yeah. go to. Yeah. <laughs> the six uh, button's better, but the three button's comfortable. God damn it. I mean, the three button was fun, but it became like obsolete like with certain games. Like, you can't play Street Fighter with that. You can't play yeah. Mortal Kombat with that. Like, it was obsolete. I mean, you very could play fast. And Ghost. You could play yeah. Sonic. You yeah, could probably this... play like any basic game that just needs like two buttons. But then at some point, like at like 91, 90, yeah, like 91, 92, all the games required you to have more buttons. Yeah. Yep. They were, they were not future-proofing themselves, that's for sure. Yeah. Jim, take a wild stab in the dark. At what oh, Brian, I wonder gonna... what the hell you're going to say. <laughs> you, one you've never mentioned before, I'm sure. <laughs> it's the N64. Like I said, same way, Jake yeah, James, as you said. That. So I, I, I had N64, I had Dreamcast. It's funny, you and Jim have both mentioned a wire, and I played a shit ton of Dreamcast. I Maybe I sat too close. Like, I never... I I, I can honestly not remember, like, thinking of it. Like You never actually issue. moved the, the wire to the little, like, little crevice that it has? Like, you never had to do that? No, like, Every time no. I pick it up, I always have to do that. I, I probably, though, was always, like, the kid that sat too close to the TV anyway. So, like, I was never, like, pulled all the way back playing those old consoles. Um, mm. You know, like you said, I was so, like, invested, like, oh, my God, these games, like, blah, 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 blah. And I loved the bu- the button layout is what really did it for me. And like you said, it felt like what modern consoles became. Whereas with the N64, even back then, it's not as Jim likes That's to try to defend. It's a, it's a <laughs> stupidest controller. And coming from the PlayStation to that, where... Like, you know, I was a Super Nintendo kid, PlayStation to that. And I was like, what the fuck is it? Like, why has this got this dick? Like, what are these C buttons? You know, that's the one console with that one controller that hasn't isn't so easily emulated now these days. Like, you won't get a quote-unquote authentic experience playing N64 games now these days because of that. Because no. now when, like, even with, like, the retro 64 uh, controllers, they're more built like modern controllers are. In that mm-hmm. sense, you know, where it has like almost like a GameCube layout as opposed mm-hmm. to having like, you know, the three prongs and that you could actually use, which is a little bit more authentic to that. It's just it's one of those things that nobody really wanted to try to replicate that other than just making an actual N64 controller yeah. again. It, it's still like undoubtedly the most awkward controller out there. The C buttons mm-hmm. I always thought were absolute dog shit when you had to use them. Um, yeah, the analog stick was OK, uh, but you know it was completely obliterated as soon as ps2 came out and those sticks came out like it was not even a question so yeah it's just it's just the worst controller for a system that i played you know like master it's system definitely the weirdest yeah i don't disagree with jim master system wasn't a good controller but at least here in the u.s not as many of us played that so true well yeah no I, I had it. It, so it's kind of like it's like kicking on some shit that you never even did so wait but, a second if that's the case right like if you can say that about the master system can't you say that also about the pc engine because those like those controls yeah are the same similar. thing yeah the turbo yeah. graphics controller dog shit yeah what Oh, Jim, I just like the turbo controller. That's because <laughs> now you've decided to dump too much money. It's like your stocks. You're trying to defend shit stocks you have. You're like, no, bro, no I these are winners. My stocks. my stocks are all terrible. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> speaking of which, you know what was a weird controller? The Jaguar. 
It's our Jaguar controller. And I've, I've, I've never played one. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's another weird one. And, and that's, I mean, there's a whole shit ton of like complete weird, like ColecoVision. That's a, that's yeah. a weird, like all the, at least all you can forgive that ones. because that was before, like, you know, people kind of knew yeah. what they were yeah, doing. Yeah, that's like really old school. Like, yeah, that's I, like when they were just trying to figure out what a game was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, like I said, I think it will always go down for me. And 64, it is just the worst. Now, weirdest, Brian, worst. Question for you. Yeah. Were you a console on the floor kind of guy? Console on the floor, um, not always. If we, if okay, because I'm trying to see with the the cord with the Dreamcast. Because if you're a floor guy, you probably didn't notice it. Yeah. No, I that makes sense. I was always, but see, like you know, my room growing up, I would have my TV either at the end of my bed or something. So I would sit on the edge of my bed and be looking at my TV. So. I had the But console. you never had a console like on a table though. Like like I could understand like people like in, in one of my old houses, like when I had the Genesis and the N sixty four, sometimes mm-hmm. we put the console on a table, like a little bit further mm-hmm. away from the T V and then play it like that where it's closer to you, or have it on the floor where you're a little bit like, you know, sitting on the ground and just playing looking up at the T V most yeah. of the time. At least that's how I saw it, you know, growing up like that. At my buddy's house we always did console on the floor. But mm-hmm. at, at my room, um, I would like I think I used to sit my old TV like on top of my dresser or whatever, and I would have the console right next to it. But the cord would literally reach me right to my bed. So I was never, even today, like I, you know, I have a 55 inch for gaming, and my my view from it, I'm never that far back. Like I just don't sit that far back anyway. So yeah, that that wire thing, I look at it now, and I'm like, yeah, that was really stupid. But I, it never even crossed my mind back in the day you got lucky yeah. honestly because every time even now like every time i pick it up like, if like, I'm like son of a bitch stuff, i always instinctively <laughs> yep. just do that like it's like <laughs> bad habit no but gee that that that's a great question there so thank you bud yep next up from michael soto let's make it a beer question this week which is better hard apple cider or an apple ale Ooh. I don't know. I would have to really, like, compare. Like, actually have, like, both, like, right next to each other. Really think about this one, like... Both I don't know good. if I've had too many apple ales, to be honest with you. I've had a lot of both. And I say cider is better because it is... It tastes less processed. Like, cider is just the real thing. Whereas the ale, it's like... You're just doing a beer and adding apple flavor. As opposed to cider, apple is what you're making it out of. So it's a more pure form of what you're drinking. Um, it's the same as like if you like legit apple cider or apple juice. They both have their different... I don't drink either one, except for maybe mm. once a year I'll get some cider. If you want a more authentic actual thing, you go with the, the hard cider. Um, I never am in the mood for... like If I'm in the mood for a... Uh, any apple flavor in my alcohol then i am going hard cider like i don't need my beer to have an apple flavor to it like that yeah. seems counterintuitive to me so yeah i go hard ciders all day and there are there are plenty of delicious hard ciders out there so yeah i go that way yeah just because i've had way more of them i'll go with cider too i've never had an app uh, hard cider that i've like not enjoyed like, you yeah. can have someone you're just like, oh, this is kind of, you know, basic, but it's still good. Still fine, yeah. Yeah, it's still sweet, mm-hmm. still goes down smooth, and it's still always at least 5 to 6%, so. Yeah, the problem the with the ale is it feels a little light and a little over-carbonated, so, which is not what you really want with an apple like flavor. fizzy. You don't want it to be fizzy. Exactly. Like it's, not a, it's not a Coke. Ex- yeah, exactly. So it's, it's an odd concept. I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but uh, okay. 
Dude, what, here's a question for you then. What, yeah. what do you think is like usually the go-to snacks to have with it? Because I like I, obviously like I'll have like salty stuff like chips and dip, like guac sometimes. That's usually pretty good. I also have every once in a while my family will make like a mango dip to have mm-hmm. with stuff like that. That's like really really good. Yeah, like when you're having a cider. See, a cider is a weird one because you can adapt that to almost any weather. Like I generally think of ciders more fall because I'm thinking of like like other yeah. apple cider donuts and shit like that. But like my wife, that's the really only thing she's willing to drink. And I'll tell you on some like hot summer nights, like a really cold cider can be kind of like, oh, as Jim would say, refreshing. Yes, it so, is. Um, but I would not put any barbecue food, going back to your question. You don't mm-hmm. do barbecue. You'd leave that to light, light lagers um, or IPAs. So, yeah, I would say stick to, like, more snack foods and maybe something a little bit more on the sweet side, but not overly sweet because you're already getting the apple sweetness. Um, so, yeah, like pretzels are always an easy go-to. Like you said, some dips, but if you get something – with a little too much spice or whatever, it's going to throw it off. So, yeah, just keep it simple. Like, do a beer cheese with your pretzels. Yeah, I was just going to say cheese. Yeah, Big exactly. Idea. Jim's like, just eat pizza. <laughs> no, I was actually going to say, what do you call it? Because, like, my when I had, like, when I had the most amount of cider ever was, uh, it's a pub that's not around anymore. We call it the Great American by us. And they had this big fucking honking spinach dip that came in a bread bowl. And, like, they would always have Strongbow deals, and it would be, like, you know, maybe two bucks or, like, fucking 24 ounces or something like that. Like, something ridiculously mm-hmm. cheap. So, I would just be loading up on that all night with a big honking bowl and scarfing down 5,000 calories at once. But, oh, God, was it good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Those were the days. <laughs> Back now, you can get away with it. Great question, though. Thank you, bud. Yep. Next up, from Leo. Are there any gaming content creators from throughout the years that have stopped making videos that you still wish were around? Oh boy! Oh, still wish you were around. That's a, that's a little different. Yeah, because like there, there's been a couple that that some of which have like gone away and come back that I've loved. Some that were actually my biggest inspirations that are still kind of around, and a lot of people don't like them. You know, even though they were still like one of the bigger ones back then. The one that comes to mind. You know, he's still around and stuff was a DSP that, that inspired me to get on YouTube at first. <laughs> and it's ironic and weird to say Before that became because, you know, how because of how things have turned out. But like he was one of the first content creators that I watched that actually showed me it's like, OK, it could be simple how you approach making content about games, even if it's just putting a camera in front of your TV like that. But then the ones that really show me like what you could do is like Angry Joe, who's still around, Maximilian Dude, who's still around. Like there's a lot of. A lot of interesting ones. There isn't really ones that I used to watch that have just gone away, just not done anything. Mine's probably an easy because surprisingly enough, I don't. I never watch that many gaming creators. Like I, I'll catch some here and there, and some of the bigger ones I still do watch today. Uh, the only one I can think of that really fell off, and I guess it's more internal team members fell off from what I liked, was the old Screw Attack videos, and especially oh. I liked a lot of their top tens. Like I. Those were I'm 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 an easy like hey you make a funny list or a good list that uh, I'm I'm kind of all in and once uh, what's his name I guess it was stuttering Craig kind of stuttering left. Craig he was the main guy yeah yeah I that's when it like fell off and now I know they have a I think they still have a screw attack but it's a I think it's all just death battle at this point um, yeah. but yeah that that like I did miss some of those old videos like I enjoyed watching those so I don't once again if I'm wrong i'm pretty sure he doesn't do videos like that anymore but that that was he probably does a podcast the only one. now okay mm. yeah. yeah 
What about you? And actually, funny, uh, funny you mentioned Screw Attack because when he started the page, he did it with Handsome Tom, and then they had a pretty bad falling out, and he started his own thing called the Game Heroes, which only lasted like two years or so, but I enjoyed what they did. I was the most obvious one I think is probably Classic Game Room. Like he oh, was like, yeah, damn. Now that you mentioned, I I saw his thing like maybe a couple weeks ago because just like randomly like browsing on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was huge, man. He was a big inspiration for a ton of people, and he was fucking prolific. Like, he used to put out three to four videos a week at his, like, peak. Mm-hmm. But he always he he always took the changes to the algorithm, and, like, he, he was a guy who couldn't really change with the times. And he couldn't mm-hmm. take, like, um you know, people's interest shifting. Like, you know, he took it a little too to heart. So he, tr- he made some mistakes along the way, but I still miss him just because, like, I loved his style before. And eventually he kind of became a little too much with his in-jokes with his own page, but... I mean, a lot of us in the retro scene, like, we all grew up with classic game rooms, so... Yeah, it kind of sucks that he just basically noped out. And I guess last up would probably be, like, LJN Defender, because I guess sometime randomly last year, he was just like, oh, I'm done. And then he just, like, stopped <laughs> doing stuff. So he was uh, getting some decent success with his Innocent Until Proven Guilty uh, shtick, but I think he burned out on that, and then he just kind of just stopped and then deleted all social media, so... There's a couple that are like that. Like, one that comes to mind that actually was big, like, especially, like, on E3 stage type of big, Tobuscus. I actually interviewed Tobuscus at one point. His people reached out to me when I was with my former website to actually talk to him about, like, what he was doing. I think it was, like, sometime after the Annoying Orange or whatever, but that's another dude that, like, was big for a while and then just fell off. Just, like, didn't do anything. He had, like, million-plus-something channels, like, multiple of them. Yeah, no, he was he was a force for a while, and then you just never hear anything about it anymore. Hmm. I think I think though it's like we said at the beginning, like all these things technically probably have a shelf life, and that you I think I could see where it would get easy to get burnout once you dedicate it, and that's all you do. And I think we we've talked before. There's some content creators who are still doing stuff today. It just doesn't seem like their heart is still in it like it used to be. And now that it is their job, if it, it you can notice a different feel in the videos, and true, you know, it, adapt or die. Yeah, that's just, that's just I, the I way mean, it is. That's the business of YouTube. Yeah. I think that's the appeal, though. Uh, you know, we and we'll probably hit up hit it up later. Content creation nowadays, anyway. Like, I'm not using the term easier lightly. I'm saying uh, doing streaming takes less than the editing. The Smaller barrier of entry. That's what exactly. Like, yeah. That's really so like, it's like there's more people that are able to do it. You're some able way. to do it and you could even do it more consistently because if you stream, say, five days a week, if you have one or two off days a week, like, it's fine. But like, where you, whereas when you spend, put all your eggs in a basket editing a video and release it, that's it. Like, that's your product until you get the next yeah. one out. Whereas Twitch, it's like ongoing, ongoing. It's like a baseball season versus a football season. You only got six. And keep in mind, you also have to throw other platforms in there, too, because TikTok is mm-hmm. now a thing now, especially for gaming content creators, where that's become a legit, like, source of places. Like, you could get real big and then transfer that over to other platforms like Twitch, like mm-hmm. YouTube, wherever else. Even Facebook gaming, you could even throw in there to an extent. But, like, there's multiple avenues. There's multiple tools for creators to use. And then, again, cross-pollinate between them. Yeah. And, and nowadays, you know, the long form, I feel like, edit is not completely dying off. But because of things like TikTok and everything, like, you want that highlight clip. You want to be able to show, like, hey, this is this. And then, yeah, if you can transfer it over to something else, that's great. It, like I said, it's just a different medium now. So, Yeah, it seems like anything that gets big, it's either super short or long-form video essays that are, like, super high-produced. Yeah. There's, like, no in-between anymore. Yeah, yeah. But, no, that's 
Like I said, that's another really, really great, really good question this week. So, no. Great job, Leo. Yep. Next up from uh, Phony Montana. Game collecting is cool, but it can become expensive and requires a lot of storage space. I have an EverDrive for my Genesis and N64, and it's honestly a game changer. What are your thoughts on EverDrives? I think they're awesome. Like, I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah it. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I need to get some and stop doing this goddamn collecting that I'm doing. Jesus. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's the most practical in between of getting a PC that wants to run games or, yeah, hardcore collecting, especially right now, like, with all the stupid wad of shit and everything else that's going on. It's not viable for most people that want to game or, like, do whatever. The Evercade is, to me, the perfect thing for someone like me who actually just cares about playing the game and not just having a display case. Like, that's what yeah. I care about the most is playing the game. So you, you know what's funny about that? Like, the, the other thing you could throw in there, too, is the Raspberry Pis. You mm -hmm. know, because oh, I have yeah. a friend oh, yeah. of mine that, that works at Flynn's. He, he runs Flynn's, and he builds Raspberry Pi machines, you know, for arcade games and cabinets and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And there's an appeal to being able to have access to, like, you know, a lot of older games like that. I think where a real big problem comes with collecting is that people get caught up in the fantasy of it. There's a lot of like, you know, stuff that is really put out there on social media, you know, especially with some of the bigger, larger creators or collectors, I should say, that have like huge, crazy, like one in a million type of collections, like having a whole wall of NES games or like Genesis games. There's a cool appeal to that. It's just that everybody gets caught up on that, the end result, as opposed to everything else that happens beforehand, mm -hmm. not just the money that's spent, but also everything else that comes along with it, like finding those games. You know, talking to different people, building relationships, you know, to find some of the more rare gems and stuff. There's a lot, all these other things that get caught up with it. And I think that even personally for me, I, I ran into like that hard lesson where at one point I had a Dreamcast and I had like a bunch of games and stuff. And I figured that getting something like that would be cool for my collection because it would give me a little bit more legitimacy as a gamer, as someone that has exposure to different consoles. But then when I looked at it, it's like this thing is just kind of sitting here. Mm -hmm. This thing is just kind of there. And like I have a couple games for it and it's uh, awesome. But I didn't <laughs> grow up with the Dreamcast like that. You know, yeah. it wasn't an appeal for me. Like, again, it's my own individual thing, but I'm pretty sure other people have probably felt something similar with like maybe Super Nintendo, maybe NES, maybe Jaguar games, maybe N64. Like in some way, where it's like you take a moment, you look at this, and it's like, this is just kind of here. It's like a collecting dust prop. Like there's no <laughs> reason for that. So it, it's a very hard thing to face sometimes because at that point, you're only collecting for clout as opposed to collecting for enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. I think to also expand upon that, like the idea of, and uh, I'll be generic, but like most people I feel like are get the thrill of the hunt going out, yeah. trying to find something, even if you don't know what you're looking for and you find something like going to Goodwills, going to garage sales, yard sales and finding something, there's a dopamine dump there that when you find like a deal, like, oh, like yeah. holy shit, like this is, that, oh, when people look at your collection, they're yep. like, wow, you have a dope collection. Like, you have an amazing mm -hmm. collection of stuff. But like, there's part of that, too. But then I think to what you said, I think with some of the bigger YouTubers, and like I said, I'm not naming names, but you can tell, like, by their thumbnails, if their thumbnail is just them standing in front of a stack of video games, are you just doing effort to pick? Like, there's, you're not playing all those games. and It's like the guy standing in front of a Lamborghini all the time in, like, every single video. Yeah. Or, like, every, like, ad that you see is, like, a guy that has, like, a pool and he's, like, bragging about how he got all this stuff. Like, people love that fantasy. Yeah. And it is it is a clout thing. It is, like, a, call it whatever you want. But I've always been against, like, 
I've now gone to exclusively, unless it's a new game I'm actively going to play, I'm only collecting horror games. Like That's my niche. That's the thing I enjoy the most. Whereas before, if Goodwill had a game and it was a price that wasn't crazy, I didn't care. Like, I got fucking anticipation for NES. I'm not going to play that shit. But hey, I had that too. Exactly, because you probably <laughs> got it for a dollar too, like me. And you're yeah, like, basically. well, it's just a game. I can just add it to the club. Like, you know, it's like stupid shit like that where I was like, I know I'm not going to play these games. And I, Jim and I are not the type where we're going to turn around and try to resell it for profit enough that it makes sense to try to go into that business because that's its own hustle. And we, we ain't got time like that. So, yeah, Evercades, Pies, all these devices – that's like when I got my Retron 5, that was so ideal for me to like have one system because same deal. I don't hook all my systems up because that would be a fucking nightmare. I only have the main ones I'm always playing. So Retron could like handle, oh, I got rid of four or five consoles right now. So make space. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to get like the mode for like I want a Saturn, but the last thing I need is another goddamn console to collect for. <laughs> So give me a Saturn, and I'll buy a mode and pop that in there and just dump some ROMs in there. And then there you go. I'm playing on real hardware. Fine. Good. You, you know what also is part of that, too, that I think also should get thrown into the conversation? A lot of these adapters for different consoles, like obviously like the Eon Gaming ones for like the GameCube, for the N64 and stuff. Yeah. I think that also adds on to it. There adds on like another renewed interest or appeal to getting some of these older consoles. Like granted, obviously collecting, like it's going to take up space and stuff. But then the idea of like, oh, okay, I could show my kids, you know, my N64 games. You know, I could play it on a modern TV because it could enable it to connect via HDMI and stuff like that. There's part of that. And then there's also the fact is like, okay, I, I could just have that renewed interest into playing certain things here and there, like through this type of tech. Yeah. Oh, dude, in a sick way, that's part of the fun for me, man. Like I've got a retro tanks and I've got HD retrovision cables, like trying to dick around, get the best signal I can to display on modern TVs and all that stuff. Like I, like, I have an old CRT I can just plug into too, but I just love like playing around with all that stuff or a game to just like, as dumb as it sounds, like having a game that refuses to work and then cleaning it enough and like taking care of it to the fact that it can get to work again. It's just like, ah, I did it. That kind of feeling. Yeah. And for content creators too, it's also a big thing because obviously we have to work with more modern stuff in order to capture it on an Elgato or something on a Vermedia, like whatever capture card yeah. like that. You know, yeah. so things like that definitely help out, especially having access to that content, right? that access to other stuff to make whatever content that comes afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, no, sure. 100%. So, yeah, uh, phony go 100% with those Evercades or Everdrives. Yep. And last up from 5th Gen Mook. Oh, you son of a bitch. What's the worst game you played this year besides Donkey Kong 64? Oh, oh, <laughs> Donkey Kong 64 is not that bad. Oh, no, it's worse. That game is goddamn awful. Come on now. The problem is you That's rare. to make a game 40 plus hours of just basically find item and rinse and repeat. That's Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, the collectathon <laughs> of Donkey Kong, like, and Jim conveniently got motion sickness playing it. So I'm an old I, man. I, I, I had to play through it. second and not a jerky camera. What can I and say? I, and I'm like looking for like one last thing or doing this or like, oh, I can't touch any of these items until <laughs> I get the like. It just it the payoff was never there for me when I would beat a level. It was just like, thank God I'm done with it. It wasn't like. That was so enjoyable, jumping from tree to tree and missing the goddamn jump, or not having the right camera angle and sliding down something and like having to read it. Like, 
Yeah, that game. I had, like, That's every a collect-a-thon platformer ever yeah. on the N64, practically. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why it. the N64 it, it had was phase, also terrible. I am, I am too old for that right now. Yeah. I do not have the time for that. But mm. yeah, oh, worst game other the than The worst that. game. I, there's a couple, like... My easy answer would be Cyberpunk because I did play Cyberpunk at the very beginning of this year, like after the new year. That That's an easy answer. Mm. I think the other one I would say that's a little bit much more different, I would say was World War Z on the Nintendo Switch because that game just did not run well on Ooh. the Nintendo Switch because I did a video on it, like a first impressions. And like I know it's on other platforms and people actually enjoy it for one yeah, reason or another. Yeah, I was going to say, like I played, played it on it, Xbox. Yeah, it's like on multiple places, but like I got the Switch version when it first came out because they had sent it to me. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, this game is... It just doesn't look right. It looks like it's banged up. There's a lot of like messed up like textures and bugs and stuff. It's like, eh, this is weird. Just but yeah, it's either that or Cyberpunk. Hmm. What about you, Chambers? Um, uh, mine pro. It isn't a bad game in general, but how I played it was bad, and <laughs> that was me. That was me playing the seventh guest on the CDI because it's not a terrible <laughs> CDI game. CDI games, <laughs> but. My God, the lag time between input and actually like any kind of movement in that game, it was just painful. Like you click That's that like old tech. <laughs> yeah, you try. I mean, like it's impressive for what it is on the system and stuff like that. Like it looks good and all that, but like you click the button and you're waiting three full seconds before you move over, and God forbid you misclick and go to a door you don't want to go to. Then you got to go back and forth, and like going down a hallway takes twenty full minutes of like life, to, like your life. So, I was just. Uh, yeah, that was that was really <laughs> rough, painfully rough. So, all right, since I can't say Donkey Kong sixty four, I'm gonna be, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna be diplomatic here, and uh -oh. it's a game Jim and I reviewed, and I'm not even saying it's not a bad game by any means. I just happen to play a lot of good games this year, um, mm. and it's one that I wasn't crazy about, and. I'll just say it was sent to us. So I'm going to leave it at that. It was a review we did. So <laughs> it's, 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 once again, it's not a bad game. So you, anyone listening, you can read between the lines. You can look at our video game reviews and you'll probably Oh, just out. fucking say it. It was Retro Mania <laughs> You're just going to start scratching yeah, through the videos. It was Retro Mania WrestleFest or wrestling. Mm. Whatever. It just it didn't do anything for me. Right. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, we said like we're like we like what they try to do with it. We're just like, eh on it so yeah. meh <laughs> like i said i'm i i just, probably why they didn't retweet everything <laughs> yeah there, there this <laughs> this year i just really didn't we play understand. that many shitty games whereas last year with all the stupid suggestions jim gave us that we had to do reviews for i what? could fill up a fucking book with that but yeah this year <laughs> we didn't gold. have as many bad games <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll give honorable mention to haunted castle off the konami arcade collection because that game oh wow a pile of shit holy crap yeah. Thank God that was on sale because the rest of the games on there are fine, but that game. Woo. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I need to fucking reach out. I don't know where where the hell my Castlevania collection is at. Oh you know, no, Castlevania. Be... I need to get the second one because I love Castlevania. Like I, I've reviewed a lot of Castlevania games, but I need to get the the advanced collection when I get a chance. Yeah, Brian ordered the uh, super fancy edition off Limited Run Games. So Brian's mm, new to the Limited nice. Run game, so uh, you have to take with a grain of salt. You're lucky if a standard release gets to you in a couple months. You going for the Fancy Pants release, whew, you probably got a good year coming to you, boy. The that's big one. Ridiculous. Well, that'll be the last time I do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> why a lot of people are really starting to fall off that wagon because they, yeah, their turnover is not, yeah. 
Yeah, not the best. No. Now they're they're too. Here here's the thing. Like they're too they're too small a company for how much shit they're putting out there. And I mm-hmm. guess like like they have new releases every month, and I know they're not a huge or every week. And I know they're not that big staffed, so. They, they got know. some dope stuff them. that they put out. Like, I, mm-hmm. there's stuff that's like out of print that I've wanted to buy from them. That's like super dope, but they just don't have it in stock. Like the Shadows of the Empire one that came on that cartridge. Oh you know, yeah, that to was me that's cool. awesome. I love Shadows of the Empire. Granted, it's not the best game ever, but like that's a, a Star Wars game that I really appreciate. But I just mm-hmm. can't buy it, and it's like, oh, okay, well, so much for that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I've been suckering in time and time again by goddamn limited run. I've put mm-hmm. some good money into them, and I like the games they put out on there. But after a while, you're just like, fuck, man, I don't. want... By the time I get half these games, I don't even want to play them. You don't want to play them, yeah. 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 The appeal's worn off. (laughs) And that's the problem with all the companies, too, like Super Limited and Limited and Super Rare and all those. It's just a thing you kind of deal with, which is a shame. Yeah. Yeah. No, but But yeah, that wraps up the the Patreon questions this week. So once again, thank you to everyone who sent in a question. I will be checking before the end of the episode because one always goddamn sneaks in. But (laughs) once again, if you're new to the page, head on over to Patreon where for two bucks you can ask a question. We'll answer on the page. Five bucks gets you a game review of your choice. Ten bucks makes us your billboard for your content. Head on over to there for some exclusive content and all that good stuff. And as always, if you're just discovering us through through iTunes or Spotify... Please make sure to follow us on there and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Whatever you write there, we'll read on the show. All right, so we're back with some fresh beers. Uh, Jake James, how is that beer treating you? It's good. I'm feeling the buzz. I'm feeling nice. I like it. Fun conversation, fun people, and fun beer. I'm good. Cheers to that, bud. Speaking of, yeah, the Troganator on my second one. I'm not I'm not even close to buzz yet, but I already got that saliva tongue. You're that feeling high it. alcohol. Like all of a sudden, you're like. Hmm. Got a lot more on my tongue this time. Yeah. And Jambers, your uh, fancy Saison. Very tasty. Very smooth. Definitely (laughs) has the... It's got got that nice blend. I'm not getting, like, any of the pepper out of it, really, that they're calling for, but the the orange peel and the uh, vanilla really comes through. But, yeah, this Mm. is goddamn tasty. And then once I'm done with that, I know Brian waits before he dips into these, but I already have because I have a case of them. Good old man. Oh, you got the cans? What the... No, what is it? Is it like a thing against cans? Or like prefer the bottles instead? It, I the have bottles are notably bottles. better than the bottles. Or I'm mm. sorry, the bottles are notably better than the cans. No, yes, I've the bottles been, I've are just... notably better than the bottles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Choganator right. hit hard, but no, what do you call it? No, I got this case actually last year, and I was like, oh, I never had Mad Alpha out of a can. I'll get this too, along with the bottles I normally get. So I have a six pack from this year in bottles, but I'm going through the can stuff. It, it is noticeably not as good, but it's still it's still tasty. But it it doesn't compare to what you get out of a bottle. I'll give you cool. that. You ate all this year, and your first experience with it is subpar. I've been having, <laughs> I've been having <laughs> Mad like, Elf like shame. ten years in a row. Like <laughs> Mad Elf is Mad Elf. Like, oh my God, sir! Enjoy your, enjoy your shit. <laughs> have pride. <laughs> right, you know I have given up pride long ago. <laughs> Pride, dignity, all that bullcrap. Jim, would you say that's very similar to the Game of the Year nominees this year? Oh, oh you like that? Look at that. <laughs> so it is that time of year again. And we have the link below from the Game Awards. We cover it uh, pretty Everyone's much every year. Favorite award show. Yeah. We, there's Now there's... I don't even know how many, what would you say, 20-some categories. We're clearly not going to go through all There's of them. There's 30. 30 categories. 30, 30 yeah, <laughs> which is ridiculous already. It's a lot. Oh, yeah, six times five. Um, 
But what I will say is, I think it's no secret amongst us three of almost any given category, there's a lot of what the hell and head scratching going on here. And I think always the best place to start is game of the year. Now, Jake James, you obviously have a significant more um, experience probably with mm -hmm. a lot of the games, whereas I can tell you right now, looking yeah. at game of the year, let me just mention before we even give our opinions of it, we got Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Mm. I have only played Resident Evil Village. I know about Psychonauts 2, Ratchet, Clank, and Metroid Dread, and no idea about Deathloop or It Takes Two. So, Jim is in worse condition than me on those. Played none! <laughs> and so, I think just, just hearing those, that has got to be one of the weakest entry, like... Game of the year. You know what is funny about that? The the funniest thing about that is that I, I was literally listening to another podcast a while back that was saying almost the exact same thing that it's indicative of like how kind of meh this year was mm -hmm. when it came to like high quality games, you know, to pick for like what's the game of the year this year. Like, granted, I haven't played all these games, but I have been exposed to all of them and mm -hmm. I have like seen them at least significantly enough to judge a little bit, be like, okay, that seems like the one that's going to get it or not or whatever. Uh, though, I will tell you though that I did platinum Ratchet and Clank and I did finish. Metroid Dread, because I did a video on Metroid Dread on the channel. Uh, for me, out of this entire list, I would say that the best game for me personally would probably be uh, Metroid Dread, more mm -hmm. than likely. Now, the thing is that I know is probably going to happen, it's more than likely either going to go to Deathloop, Resident Evil Village, or It Takes Two, more than likely. Even though I know that Psychonauts 2 is a lot, is really good, and a lot of people have praised it. There's a, a lot of media people have said, like, that's the best game of the year. But, like, when I look at, like, you know, what the game awards are and, like, how, like, most of the time it's not really the game of the year that gets picked out that's, like, the best game of that year. Sometimes it's usually the one that makes the biggest splash yeah. as we've seen in years past. I feel like this one is probably going to go to something like Resident Evil Village or Deathloop, yeah. more than likely. So explain to me, is Deathloop kind of, like, super hot? At all, like I don't know, I don't even know what Death like. Deathloop basically, it, it's if you've ever played Dishonored, that's yes. exactly like what Deathloop is. Okay. And the thing is, is that it's a roguelike FPS, so oh. it has roguelike elements where, like, if you die, you respawn, but like things are constantly changing up for the most part as you're trying to assassinate these different people, and it's, it's dynamic with that. That's what makes it so appealing for most people, and it's kind of cool. Like if you've ever played Rogue Legacy, imagine that same type of thing, but in an FPS. That's exactly what Deathloop is. I was going to say, Jim and I have, past couple of weeks, been talking. I, within the past three months, finally beat Hades, and now Jim has mm. finally played through Hades it. Hades is a perfect example. Yeah. Hades is the one, is another last year that, that was a really worthy contender for Game of the Year. Last year was a dope year. Last that year was, was so much better. for last year. Yeah. Last year, for the record, last year, even though The Last of Us Part Two won, I would have said Ghost of Tsushima should have won that. Or Hades. Yeah. Head, heads up. And, and again, we had Final Fantasy VII Remake last year. Like, it, it, it was a hell of a year. Last year was overall. much better. Yeah. Yeah, but but like with with this one, Hades is a good comparison to what Deathloop is okay. as being like a roguelike or a rogue type of game. Now it takes two. What is that about? That's co-op. That's a co-op experience. Like that the whole thing about that is is just playing cooperatively with another person and mm. most of the story and stuff is about a relationship that's that was uh broken or really messed up, but then it's like being repaired through their experiences as a couple. Gotcha. Yeah, and, and yes, I, I've heard the same thing. Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, like, those are always old standards, but I think they just have that 
I, I don't want to call them niche, but they do have a more particular crowd. And like you said, you talk about Splash. I would say at the beginning of the year, man, Resident Evil Village. Just, Resident Evil Village had a huge with Lady Demacessi yeah. or whatever her name is. Uh, that, that was like the, all the rage that, like for a lot of people. I can't remember a video game character, and not saying they did for the right reasons, but to make oh, the did. impact that oh, it did, did, like I can't think of another video game character that... It was a fad. It, it was, for it sure. Like, yeah. There, there was a lot of characters. There's, there's been characters throughout the year that have had like that type of like exposure, I guess you could say. Mm. But with Lady Dimitrescu, like she was an original character that just like really just had like a, a resonance with me for obvious reasons for what it was. But it, it at least you know helped out that game as far as getting out there to yeah. people. And you know what? I played. I've played through that game multiple times. I mean, I'm also a diehard Resident Evil fan fan from game one. So. I, I legit said, though, I love that game. Like, I love the twist of going, you know, I, I was always mad before going away from zombies. But this one stayed horror and then tried some new shit. So I said I really, really enjoyed this game. But I never expect a Resident Evil game in this day and age to win. So I would like to see that win. But once be again, cool. I'm a little biased there. It'd be cool. I don't think it's going to win, though, but it would be really cool. I, I would be totally fine with that, to be honest yeah. with you, even though that's not my pick. Yeah. And Jim, <laughs> any thoughts at all? <laughs> you know what? There's a bunch I'd be fine with. Like, I'd be fine with Metroid. I'd be fine with Village. I'd be fine with... I'd probably be... Like, from what I hear with Ratchet and Clank, like, I hear it's really, really It's really good. good. Yeah. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I have no... I haven't played it, so I don't even have a PS5. So, yeah, I mean, I would probably... Yeah, I don't know. If Dread or Resident Evil wins, I'll be fine with that. Let me put it that way. Gotcha. All right, so now going kind of the other end of the spectrum, and this is where it gets kind of weird to me, is when you talk about content creator of the year. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. So this could be streamer or content creator. And I once rolled. again, well, once again, I'm going to say I didn't know a single person on this list. Now, I've admitted at the beginning, I'm not the guy that scrolls through everybody else's stuff. But my understanding is most of these are streamers anyway. And honestly, unless you're streaming a game I care about and there's only like a maybe 10 people on Twitch I actually follow, I doubly am not going to know you. So I can have zero opinion about that. Like if you ask me to guess what these people create or do, I would have no idea based on what I'm seeing. So that one is just such a weird metric to me because if you're not doing numbers... How else can you do it? And maybe they are doing numbers, but I don't know. What do you think, Jake James? Honestly, this is one of those categories like every year, especially last year. If you remember the nominees for last year where it was very questionable. I think there's a lot of questionable with con questionable things with conflicts of interest for a lot of mm. things because a lot of people, especially in the industry, people know each other. People know different people. Like There's a lot of relationships and stuff. Last year, one of the things that I said, even though I love her and I watch her content, I said that Alana Pierce should have never been on that ballot for Content Creator of the Year because she works now for Sony Santa Monica, and she has worked for all the people who are judging the Game Awards. <laughs> you know, it's things like that where... You know, you you have to to call into question. She didn't win last year, which is fine. You know, and again, I'm not trying to take anything away from her, but it's questions like that where you look at these categories a little sideways with yeah. it. And I can even say the same thing with here, even though I don't know most of these people like that. There's a lot of people that said that uh, was it Scott the Waz should have been on here 
for one I, reason he, or another. For the way he blew thing. up, like, he should have been on there, I think. This is just so it's just a weird thing. It's like, okay, how do you judge that? How do you like yeah. actually say like who's worthy enough to be on there? Because if you don't if you're not doing numbers, if you don't have like million plus subscribers, I feel like you couldn't get on something like this at all. And yeah. there's a lot of content creators that I would argue that I feel like can make an argument or, or a debate that have better content than some of the people who might be on here. But again, it's a very subjective thing and it's very hard to judge that. And it's very hard to make a case for that. Mm -hmm. So if personally, if I had my way, I wouldn't even have a category like this at the Game Awards because we should be celebrating the games as opposed to the content creators that are making this stuff. Yeah. Like it should really be focused more about the games themselves and a celebration of the games that we enjoy. But that's just me. You know, I give a lot of credit to Jeff Keighley for at least, you know, trying to make things work and at least trying to give a little something to everybody because this is clearly one of those things where it's a popularity contest, yeah. straight up. Yeah. That's just that's just the nature of it. Like, one person could have better content than the other, but, like, really, it's the one that has the most numbers that's going to do this. I bet you, if you remember years ago, okay, when Angry Joe, uh, was it PewDiePie, Greg Miller, and a few other people were on there as the list, Greg Miller won because he was the only one that was actually marketing that he wanted to win that category. So his audience went and voted. Vote, but if uh, PewDiePie would have decided to yeah. do the same thing, he would have automatically won that. Like, mm -hmm. it, it just would have been no contest because he's the bigger, biggest creator on the platform. Right oh, yeah. Now. And it's so a weird thing, it too. It really comes down to that. Yeah, it's a weird thing, too, because, like, I think someone posted it, and I, you know, for as much as you can trust that. But apparently, like, 90% of the votes come from, like, industry people, and then the last 10% is fan voting. I could tell you this. As someone that knows people that have voted at the Game Awards like that, it comes from different uh, websites that people that work for certain websites, like IGN, like Polygon, Giant yeah. Bomb, etc. And that's where, to me, where questions of conflicts of interest come into play. So if, like, you mm -hmm. have a creator, like, again, like, just using her as an example, Alana Pierce who's worked for some of these websites, who has friends at these websites, like automatically, more than likely, they're going to vote and give credence to the person that they know yeah. that they've had a relationship with right. as opposed to any of these other people. Like it's different things like that that come up. And the same thing also is for games, you know, that, you know, you see people talk about games a certain way, you know, online and stuff like that. It just creates these really awkward conversations that I feel like a lot of people don't want to have. Yeah. No. Yeah, for no, sure. I agree 100%. I mean, I... <laughs> We, we definitely don't got to get into it, but I feel the same way about categories like best esports athlete and team That's another and one. coach. And I'm or, like, or, or what is it? Uh, the game games for change is another one. Yeah. That's another one. That's very awkward. When it, you really think because games for change. What does that mean? Like, what, what, what does that really like, you know, represent or what does that mean to certain people, especially fans of video games? Like, it's just a very awkward conversation to have. Yeah. But what, what, what was interesting, so I decided, I was like, let me go through some of the other categories. And one game I'm actually shocked didn't go on Game of the Year. Um, I thought it got a ton of press, and I know it got talked about for a while, was Valheim. Hmm. Like, I know that got a lot. I, it's in a ton of other categories. I was a little shocked that didn't get more steam. Um, could be could be a number of different things. Like, there's also a lot of people made the argument that Forza should have been in this conversation. I was about the to say Forza, is, too. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the thing is, is that, one, the timing of it, you know, because sometimes games release later in the year after mm -hmm. the deadline to get submitted to be part of the Game Awards for certain categories. But also, keep in mind, there are just some people that just, like, again, talk about games a little bit more, than, or certain games a little bit more than others, like that. I'll tell you right now, one game that should not be in any of these categories, and I said it before even when we started recording, the Cyberpunk should not be in these, any of these categories, like straight up. Yeah. Because that was a game that was like, you know, not only had the most terrible launch of this year 
but also got pulled from the PSN store. Like, that just straight up does not happen. Like, it's just a weird thing where it's like, okay, like, you know, best RPG of the year, nah. Like, th- th- that's not a game that should be winning, like, a category. Or best art, uh, music or soundtrack. But yeah. that was like, nah. There was other games that were more stable that had better stuff going for them that should win categories. Like, that. it's just very weird sometimes when you start thinking about this stuff with the Game Awards. Even though I think that the, the awards ceremony, like, the show itself, yeah. is necessary and it actually could do something that could do a lot of good overall. Oh, yeah. But like you said, at the end of the day, who you know, I think Cyberpunk probably petitioned and market it harder than any of the games on these lists that we're talking about and there's the potential for keanu reeves for showing up at the game awards that's, that's really I mean. why yeah. that game is even there yeah. like when you really think about it it's, it sucks to say but it's like yo like, they, they need some kind of yeah of course no that, that makes a lot more sense so mm. yeah i'm curious what are your guys thoughts you you look through the links below look at the categories look who submitted what are some other surprises what are some misses and you know, what are your guesses for winners? Because that's, we like interacting with you all. So you let us know what your thoughts are. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we all know it's really just, it's like any award show. It's just an advertisement for the it's industry. It's like a giant so marketing that's why, yeah. yeah. That's why you have all these different things that they threw we're in We're only watching reason. it because of the world premiere trailer. Let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah. Like We're going there because we know there's going to be some hype announcements. Because mm. there's always hype announcements. you got to give Jeff Keighley credit. For getting like big reveals at the game awards like look that's the only everybody thing value. freaked like out Super when they Bowl saw joker was coming to smash yeah you know or when he got the first elden ring trailer over e3 it's like wow like yeah it's insane but yeah i'm very curious what are your guys thoughts all right chambers so this next one you can mention it i know it's basically been resolved why don't you give some uh some history as to what this is all about yeah, so um, Atari. Now, we all know the Atari that of today is not the Atari of long ago. It's so not? The current... See what I did there? Nah. <laughs> See? See, put myself in the corner there, didn't I? But, uh, yeah, so the Atari of today, so they have a little spin-off division called Atari XP, which is starting to bring some old ROMs and giving them releases, giving them a little bit of life. So they announced last week that they were going to be releasing three games and it was Yara's Return. Uh, shit, I should have clicked on the first one there. Hold on a second. God damn it, Jeff. Right, edit it's this. Yar, it's Yara's Return. Yara's Sa- Return, Saboteur, and Aqua Adventure. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so they actually, how this got traction is because they obviously just threw some money at ScreenWave and said, hey, promote this for us. So, and ScreenWave did when ScreenWave has done lately. They didn't do any, you know, background research on it. So... They did it through the Cinemasker account, uh, Mike Matei, Aaron Plays Games, and probably a couple others. And, yeah, it was all the same ad, so you knew it was just an ad, whatever. But, so the big problem, well, I have a few problems with this, but the biggest problem that came out was they all said that these were undeveloped and unpublished ROMs by Howard Scott Warshaw, who was the developer of Yars Revenge and, unfortunately, E.T. But he's, like, you know, like a legend in the Atari sphere. And then... You know, people like uh, Frank Cifaldi and even Warshaw himself was just like, I had nothing to do with these. Like, everyone like everyone who had, like, any, like, vague knowledge of, like, recent Atari was just like, these are fan-made ROM dumps that you guys just said that he worked on and that you're selling now. So, this was a whole <laughs> thing to do. It's like, man, fuck, how far has Atari goddamn fallen? Now, my biggest problem with these goddamn things is, and they might have updated it since I last looked at it, but they're charging $50 per cartridge, oh. and you can pay $150 to get oh. a box with a manual with a poster in it. 
Yo, that's a lot. Are you fucking kidding me? That's a lot, B. Like, seriously. Like, it's weird because there's been a lot of weird stuff with Atari lately. Like, between the stuff with the Atari VCS with, with Tommy Tarico and all this other stuff, it's been a lot of weird stuff with it. But that's insane. Like... Yeah, like I mean, that, I, you know that that's that's nostalgia rape right there. That's all it is. Like they they I, I guarantee they saw what the fucking people on Atari age have been doing, like you said with the Amico, and how they're like you know white knighting this you know obvious bad idea. Yeah, but even then, come on now, like you're gonna really pay almost a hundred bucks for a game like that, like gonna do even it. for collection purposes. It's like it's not like freaking Nintendo, like uh, was it the, the the Nintendo tournament thing that they right. had, you know. You know what I'm talking about, like the the the, the stupid world like, championships thing. Yeah, yeah, the world championships thing. Like it's nothing like that. Like that's insane to me. That's but here's nuts. the deal, Jim. Like so, I I get of forums. It could be argued Atari Age is one of the most active for oh, for yeah. a system. super active, super hardcore. Yeah. yeah. So so what I'm saying though is, best case, I don't know their numbers, but of the hardcore people within there, what a thousand. Maybe two thousand are willing to go out and purchase it for this amount. Nah, Th- there's so. no way less... they're all that willing to. I just would dump. even be generous and say, like, for all the Atari hardcores and the collectors out there, like ten grand tops, ten grand people. I don't like, think it's even that much. Not even. I think it's less than that, to be honest. And, with and you. here's the fucked up thing about it: these aren't like games that have never been released, even though they're fan-made ROMs and shit like that. My first thought was, wait, motherfucker. This came out in the Atari Flashback 2 back in the mid-2000s. I have yeah, a Flashback right. 2. I played all the goddamn games on it for videos for the page. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, I've already played these fucking games. And they've been on, like, every Flashback since. So, besides... Okay, so we know the price is ridiculous. But going back to, really, what I would say is more fucked up is just, you know, hey, claiming that Howard Scott Warshaw is involved with this... And oh, yeah. the blatant way it was written in there, and like like I said, this guy, if not a little over the top, thoroughly covers that, hey, this is yeah. misleading, this is fucked up. And well, he's from ha- the Video Game History Society, too, so like... Yeah, this he is knows what's thing. up, yeah. bottom line. Like. And, and they did, they now have changed it on their site. It no longer says that, but here's my question. Because they're in association with Atari, like, is this a case of someone in marketing or whoever just wrote it it wasn't checked or do you think they were directed like let's put this on no I, d- I just think they, they just messed up like, honestly it was just like, it seems like one of because it was also quickly changed up like it was actually i think it was like removed or whatever yeah. like that where it was like quickly changed up because like that that's like borderlines on like false advertising like on, on certain stuff and so. that's what i mean no, no, that's that's false advertising because you're just yeah. trying to appeal to the atari sims so you say yeah, exactly, Scott Warshaw right. worked on it that's your selling point right there yeah, so, and, and he came out and said I had nothing to do with this. So, like, that was, like, immediately changed up. So, I just think that just somebody didn't fact check. And you know what? Um, the thing is, what I will put money down on, if you look at the way it's written, it's exactly the style and how it's set up in Wikipedia. I think it was just copy and pasted over. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, somebody can make that type of common mistake. Like, yeah. it's silly. So, you know... Even on Wikipedia, it's a saying designed, but you know, it, it says the same thing. So that's where it's like. Well, yeah, he, I mean, he made Yara's Revenge. So, yeah. like, you might want to think, but Yara's Return is fucking dog shit, too. Like, I know someone eventually, like, fixed it, but the version <laughs> I played was goddamn dog shit. 
Aquid Venture and Saboteur are fun. They're not fifty dollars fun for a cartridge, but they are. Fun. Yeah, not hundred dollars even. Like hell no. Like, that's way too expensive. I was gonna for say that. like, what is even? So since it is homebrews, you don't. They don't need to get the right since it's getting done through Atari. Like, what could it possibly cost? Real. It's it's all befuddled. Like it's all over the place. Like yeah. with homebrew stuff, it's just like that. That's just stuff that's just done just for the sake of being done. And like legally, like it it sounds like a. Obviously, like, you know, a huge yeah. mess. Like, I don't know. To crazy. me, I, I've said this many times. Any game, like, what game, what was that game, Jim? Was it last week or the week before? That one that completely shit the bed on the Genesis. Um, uh, we were just Oh, talking, oh, oh, was, uh, Paprium. Paprium. Mm -hmm. it, like, I don't know. It goes back to the Evercade, all these things. I respect that some people want to make homebrews or new games for old consoles but then when i see prices to it i'm like you gotta be kidding me like i i don't know like it that that's a scene i'll never understand and mm. this is just another example and like i said it it does suck like cinemasker is one of those channels i've always loved you know from for all their content because avgn that's yeah classic that's the yeah. bugs bunny of our of content creation when it comes to games oh yeah true <laughs> That yeah, and Monster Madness, like, those were always my go-to for many years in a row. I'd rewatch episode after episode. And as of late, I think they've gotten, like Jim said, maybe not following up with doing homework on things they're putting out there. That sucks. Like, I, you know, it's little, little things like this that are going to keep piling up. You know what it is? It's the changing of the times because... Again, like a lot of those channels, especially AVGN and Cinemasker, was really in like the wild west of like what YouTube mm -hmm. was oh, back yeah. then, especially consecration for games back then. You know, because I think everybody loved James Rolfe to an extent. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, especially for like what the type of content that he does, especially from oh, back yeah. then. There's a lot of his very classic and a lot of stuff. And again, I don't even know. I had the privilege of speaking to him one time for a, uh, an interview that I did where we were talking about this type of stuff. And I think that everybody's going to love like, the type of content that he does. I think that also at the same time, the reality of like the changing landscape that is YouTube and it is content creation in general is going to have like these effects and have these things that come up that is just very unsavory overall. And a lot of people are going to just kind of like, you know, really feel a certain type of way about it. That's yeah. just, you know, it, again, it's very uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah. yeah. And especially after the problem that they had a couple weeks ago. Oh, with the, with the plagiarism? The plagiarism. Yeah. Like, yep. That, 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 yeah, but I don't blame I don't blame Cinemasker and I don't blame James Rolfe for that. I blame no. that solely on the person that like you know messed up or did that stuff because did, again the buck stops with them. At, oh, at yeah. the end of the day, they have to take responsibility for that. But you know the internet and the way that sometimes it could operate is like oh like you guys like there was like some big conspiracy and stuff at times. Like it's just silly, but yeah, overall I blame James specifically that face. person. Yeah, yeah. it it will always he's fall the face on of the him. company, but yeah, yep. mm -hmm. yeah. That's the exactly. part that sucks. But, yeah. Like I said, we'll, uh, like you said, with the Tommy Tallarico shit and what's going on there. like That's a whole other can of water. That, that's a thing that I still don't understand to this day. And I've, like, followed it since the beginning. You know, because, again, for various websites and stuff. Like, it's just very stupid. It's like, because I respect Tommy Tallarico. I, I respect him from the Judgment Day days from, oh, uh, yeah. was a G4. Like, that's why I respect Tommy Tallarico. But, like, all this stuff is just weird, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, we, we've said it before, just as a TLDR for everyone. I think he had good intentions, but he was way over his head and had no idea how real game yeah. and system development goes. And now we're stuck with this. For I just, real. Yeah. Just do ever, ever drives. 
Yeah. We're just fucking. <laughs> but yeah, just don't do it. Do something Just better. don't do it. Yeah. yeah. We'll release empty boxes with coins and NFT cards in them. Okay. Okay. Jim, was that your way of trying to transition to the next topic? Oh. Unintentionally, but I will take it. <laughs> so we did cover uh, its ag- expansion on what we've covered previously with Steam. Um, but the news is out there, and this comes to us from NME.com. Um, they are now removing games with not only NFTs, but with uh, crypt- any type of crypto. And the biggest game that I guess is kind of doing this is Age of Rust. And Age of Rust put out a big uh, Twitter thread on this and said that they were always up front about using blockchain and using crypto. And they've always let Steam know, but Steam has come up with this decision. So you can no longer do that. (sighs) And the big problem there is because, like, Age of Rust lets you basically, like, you get either crypto coins or like nfts from it which have real world value instead of just like in-game value kind of deal so that's where it gets a little murky and it's like yeah you can't like gain actual value from playing the games in game that's like you know why they made that ruling though like in all honesty is because one steam doesn't want want the legal responsibility in case something goes wrong but also two because things have real world value like that they just don't have to deal with whatever stuff that comes with it afterwards like it the the other problem is too is that nfts and other stuff especially digital things could be somehow uh easily abused which i just don't think they even want to deal with that problem like at all like completely and i can't blame them you know, if you really think about it, especially for stuff that one, they're not getting a cut of, you know, it's the same thing, even that you could say, like between Apple and Fortnite, where that was that that whole big skirmish between them, that mm-hmm. Apple wasn't really going to be making a profit or getting any sort of like the cut from the in-app purchases that Fortnite was trying to do. That's why that whole case happened. Oh, like yeah. That. You can say the same thing here, you know, with NFT and, and Steam, you know, because obviously if your game is on Steam, they, Steam wants to see a cut of yeah. whatever it is that you're doing and stuff. But also, again, they just don't want the responsibility for whatever legal mumbo-jumbo that happens. And the biggest legal thing is it, it's all tax things. Because mm-hmm. just like exactly. just like any app you use to buy crypto, like you need to fill out tax shit. And at the end of the day... And it's different for every region. Keep mm-hmm. in mind, it's not just here in the United States or North yeah. America. It's also in Europe, which yep. is even just as bad, if not worse. There's Australia, which is even worse than everybody mm-hmm. else. Like, it's insane. Yeah, and think about it. Since Steam would be the ultimate proprietor, that's what they're saying. Like Age of Rust, like their Age of Rust isn't handling it. So is Steam being the party? Like they'd have to now be like, "Hey, eight-year-old who's playing this game? You got like there. There are so many weird things about like mm-hmm. like you said the crypto. I said I'm not for it because now you are taking what is supposed to be a casual, you know, a escapism, if you will, a fun activity. And when people do see the, like, oh, I basically people can earn video games, earn money through this. Like, it, it just, it starts making it really. It's very weird. I don't, very, yeah, very I don't like weird. that at all. Like, and it's funny. I saw some defenders of this. Most of them just clowning on Age of Rust. They're like, I can't believe how mean you're being to them. And some of them are like, they just don't see the future. And da 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 da. da. And I'm like, that, that, that's such an awkward discussion to have. And, and again, it's an awkward argument to make because yeah. like a lot of people don't even understand like really what NFTs really are. Like as far Including as like the, the people let collecting, let alone <laughs> what they actually are. You know, when, yeah. when it comes to real money exchanges, and I just think that that Steam and just the people that are over there just don't want to deal with that problem. They don't want the headache. That's what it's got to be. Because like, yeah, like, like I'm like, 
Yeah, I am like mining fucking crypto in a game itself. Like, yeah, like not don't do that. Using crypto as currency for shit. Like, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, fine. Use crypto, but again, like you're saying, Jake James, like it's probably just the thing where like I don't want to deal with all the Lego mumbo jumbo between. Like, countries like what if something goes wrong? Like, who's responsible for that? It's Steam. Like, I don't think Steam wants that responsibility. Like, hell with that. Like, right. that would suck. Yeah, and that's a weird thing. And to Jim's point, it's one thing if you somehow say like, you can purchase stuff in game with crypto versus you're earning it, and that's right. what I'm saying. When you like, start to earn, yeah. That's but does like, Steam Ugh. get a cut of that though? That's the biggest. Oh, problem. Yeah. That's, that's what I think is really at the heart of this. Is like, does Steam get a cut of this? Like, yeah, if which not is no. a cut of that, and you're yeah. just making all the profit. Like, hell no. Like, why would we have you on our platform? Like, it just makes no business sense to do that. Yeah. I I I don't trust any game that tries to push this shit too hard either, because they they see a money money making potential that at the end of the day, just like a casino, the players will be losing. The That's house like what happened with Counter Strike. If you remember a while back, that was like a Counter Strike thing with the skins. Oh yeah, that was the exact yeah. same thing. Like with the whole like you know. Uh, again, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like T. Martin and Pro Syndicate got got a really big trouble yes, for that they at did. one point with the casino stuff. Like again, it's just stuff that I feel like it causes more problems than what needs to be. And Steam is like, you know what? The hell with this! Like hell no. And yeah, you're gonna see people a lot used of to pay for a hat Team Fortress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I this is one situation where I hope that's not a path for a lot of games going forward. But I'm I'm hoping I'm wrong. I mean, with the way celebrities are already pushing NFTs and shit like that, like, it's coming. Like, you're not going to stop the future because we don't know anybody. But see, the NFTs are going to be like, I I guarantee you that's going to be another fad thing. It just feels going to be, yeah. It's going to be like trading cards. It's going to be like pogs. It's going to be like any collectible that someone thinks, like, this is it. This is going to be where I dump all my money. It's another money making scheme that too many um, people like us would waste our money on lose our savings at the end make someone else rich and in 10 years they're gonna be like i can't believe i fucking put money if it was really that big of a thing or really that revolutionary other more qualified people from other bigger companies would have already jumped on it yeah to be honest with you and and honestly steam would have been more open to it if that was the case yeah yeah it's uh i think it's gonna be a shit show but I think good on Steam, like put the kibosh because they actually, if you think about gaming, are probably bigger than any other gaming. Oh yeah, no, they're one of the biggest platforms out there. Oh, yeah, straight up, and yeah. like yeah, like I think like again back to the crypto, like like shit like PayPal and stuff like that takes crypto now. So you know you convert your crypto to PayPal to pay for a game through there. You know, fine, whatever. Steam will get their cut. Body, 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 blah. But yeah, like just the in-game generation, like go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you guys, comments below. Once again, you let us know what you think. If you know a whole shit ton about it, reach out to us. Because we would still love, if somebody is an expert in NFTs, I would love to pick your brain and be like, why'd you waste your time? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we're dumb, dumb, dummies. So if you can make a convincing argument, you let us know. At least me. Damn it, Jim. Dumb, dumb, I, I need a new grift. I need to make, I need to get rich quick to make up for all my other ones that failed. <laughs> Damn it. Jim, you mean AMC isn't making you rich yet? <laughs> Actually, AMC I made a decent little uh, profit on, but then I dumped it into a fucking shit stock. And then yeah, for the record, went, I like AMC theaters. I'm just saying. Like, oh, dude, that's where AMC I grew right up. next to me. That's yep. pretty dope. Uh, where I grew up, we had, uh, AMC. That was my go-to theater for the for longest time. So. Mm. 
No one loves Regal. <laughs> yeah, I like. I I was a big Regal guy for like the longest time. But let's but be again, honest like, here. The AMC it's not just AMC. Closer to me. It's like. Yeah, Regal, didn't have the arcades at AMC yet. Yeah. Regal's fine. Didn't have time crisis. AMC's got a bar too, so yeah. Yes, they do. Let, yes, let's they put do it this now. way: AMC is the Super Nintendo, Regal is Genesis. So no, oh, no, 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 no. That's just <laughs> you, piece of shit. <laughs> With your three-button controller standard. I will, <laughs> sir. For the record, though. A, a Regal was nice when it came to the free refills and actual perks with the Regal Crown Club. I'm just saying, like that. Before AMC came over here and was like mad closer to me. Wait, let's be honest though. Yeah, see, they cared about their customer, and not like goddamn Nintendo fucking shutting down. And let, and well, shit. don't even get me started. But Jim, you support. <laughs> what's funny is you don't support old Nintendo. You only support new new Nintendo that just shits all over their fans' faces. So. All I'm saying is, is like you don't need to get the expansion Some pass like for Nintendo Switch Online. Is all yeah. I'm saying. Oh, oh, don't worry, we're Jeez. not. Even me. He, for as much of a Genesis and N64 fanboys, I'm, I'm one of the few way. people yeah. that, that came up from the very get-go that said that Nintendo Switch uh, Online Expansion Pass was the worst idea to get right now. I agree like, with at you. The very, from the very get-go, because like that was a thing that's just like, listen, like if you still support this, even as a content creator, you're creating more of the problem than what it actually mm -hmm. is right now. Like, no, there's so many people I saw that were just like, yeah, I know I'm part of the problem, but I want it. It's like, ah. But it's, it's even like, more than just change. wanting it. It goes back to everyone needs that clout. Everyone needs that YouTube picture of the face with That's the not expansion. Even that. It's just that, it's... listen, even before like the, the emulation problems, it's just like on principle, this does nothing for the service. This doesn't yeah. make Nintendo Switch Online a better service. Like that, that was the reason why I was like, listen, it's not a good idea. And like nobody listened to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... Yep. Yeah. But... All right, guys, so we have our reoccurring bit, and it's obviously topical, with tomorrow being Thanksgiving by the time this comes out. So which is better? It's very generic. The actual Thanksgiving day and the dinner and all the apps leading up to it, or are you guys, the uh, you like the leftovers, making homemade gobblers or turkey sandwiches or all this shit? Mm. Like, what do you prefer? The big to-do the day of? Or no, the day of scratching your ass next day and you're coming down no, day and of, son. you're like, all day, day of. of like because there's a charm to it. There's there's an aura to it. Like when it, when it's the holidays, like when you when you hit Thanksgiving or when you hit Christmas, like when you're on mm -hmm. that day, like things are going good. Yep. Like you feel good on Thanksgiving Day. Like because you know, like <laughs> later that evening, you're getting a dinner that's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like it's just like an awesome time and you know you're gonna have like dessert, you're gonna have like all these things. So Granted, the leftovers afterwards, like the day after or the like the week after, because depending on how much turkey you have and stuff, is gonna be awesome. Like your whole week is gonna be good, mm -hmm. but like still, on that day when you're like having Thanksgiving dinner, it's like you, you're, you're thankful for everything that's going on and stuff. There's a charm to that. There's a there's a vibe to it that's yeah. really kind of sticks with you. What about you, Chambers? See, I was. <laughs> See, I feel I like was... you're a leftovers man. I am a leftovers man. One because. Depending on your Thanksgiving, there might be some times with Thanksgiving where some people you're around, you're just like, nah, I'm doing this because I got to be here. But, you know, that's what happens sometimes. Depending on the years, you have different people, different places you go to. You make the rounds. You do what you got to do. But the, the leftovers, the leftovers never let you down. That's all gym time. Soak, the leftovers soak in their juices day after Yo, day. Leftovers the, are flavor, dope. the flavor exfoliates through every nook and cranny of every Yo, piece of food. Give that turkey or mac and cheese yeah. a day, and you're good yeah. to go. That's goddamn right. And just like you said, Jake James, that shit's good a week after you're fucking eating it, A whole it too. week. Mm. The whole week a, is good. 
That's right. You have a whole goddamn week of just meals that you know you will not be disappointed. So I am leftovers all the goddamn way. See, Yo, let me ask you something. Like when it comes to like leftovers, right? Like, do you prefer leftovers of side dishes or like of the turkey? Because like I think like mm. the turkey's got a charm to it, especially as leftovers like the couple days afterwards. But it's the side dishes that really make it good because you got mac and cheese, you got candy apple yams, you got that cranberry sauce. You know, you oh, got no, mashed potatoes. You're 100 percent right. It's all about the side dishes. Oh, like, you it's can, so good. You can, th- you can throw some other protein in there, but as long as you have those like banging side dishes along there with it. Mm-mm-mm. I do say yeah. though, I will say ham, ham prepared the right way. Yeah, ham, ham, ham holds up is way good. better than the turkey does. Mm. See, but here's the that. problem with turkey: like, I feel like it's more versatile in what I'm going to use it for. Whereas yeah. I'm not just going to have tur- like I'll heat it back up in some gravy, or I'll make a turkey sandwich. You can put it in soup. Like, there's a couple different things. There's I'm a gonna, lot you yeah. can do with it. Whereas ham, I'm really just eating ham like ham. And like, the thing is. Turkey for some people, they'll only have it at that time of the year. With ham, you can have like you can have you know, ham. There's no yeah. like special thing with ham. Like That's with turkey, true. there's a resonance with it. Turkey. Oh, well, I was gonna say turkey is like yeah, Thanksgiving and Christmas are really the only time yeah, exactly. I'm having turkey. But like you said, ham. Even if we have ham, both of those, we're probably having it Easter. We're probably having it some I other time in between. Specifically, like for ham, specifically because again, I'm Puerto Rican and yeah. again, like ham is like a we have a lechon, like oh, a, yeah. you know, depending on like the time of year and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing that we can have frequently throughout the year. With yep. turkey, it's specifically for Thanksgiving yep. and specifically for maybe Christmas at the most. But yep. even then, like for me personally and my family, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, like that's like the time for that's the time for turkey. That is true. Very true. Yeah. And see, I see both your sides. And what I say is, this is gonna sound weird. I enjoy the food more as leftovers, but the kind of tradition of like, all I'm expected to do on Thanksgiving day is get the drinks I want. And I, I'm a person, I love walking by the table and getting all the little, like the little side dishes, the appetizers the shit like that, like stuffed mushrooms or this or like all shit that I'm not usually eating throughout the year, deviled eggs, all that shit. Like, yeah, True. I love just like walking through, eating that, getting some shrimp cocktail, getting this and that. Like, I'm eating all day long, and then like by the time I eat dinner, honestly, I'm not even. I'm like already kind of. Let me ask you, like, yeah. do you fast during on Thanksgiving Day? Because I fast, like I fast in the morning and the afternoon. So when it comes to dinner time, I'm going all. I in fast, on yeah, dinner. I fast until stuff those like like I said those side dishes. And what I try to do mm. is like, okay, say we have dinner at like uh, three thirty or four whatever time we have um if stuff starts getting put on the table at like two like say like the cheeses the little meats or like things like that and all the deviled eggs once it hits the table it's fair game but yeah i'll yeah. basically mm-hmm. not really do a breakfast i'll not do a lunch because i know i'm going to be snacking i'll skip lunch straight yeah. up like, oh, like i'll no have like a it. small breakfast like maybe like you know something to eat like eggs yeah. or whatever else like that but i'll skip lunch on thanksgiving day and i'll just fast throughout the day so when it comes to dinner time i'm like i'm just going in like two or three times yeah like for whatever else is there yeah like and i love the tradition of like yeah you're like now granted i think jim is different where i know he's probably has to travel more or as he said he gets he gets roped into certain things that i might not get roped into quite as much <laughs> but but like that's one of those things like yeah i like the tradition of the holiday so i definitely enjoy the day but the food itself like i said the day over like i said when you restack that plate of leftovers with all the sides everything and 
you yeah it is weird you don't get tired of it but i don't get tired of that because yeah i'm not i do not touch cranberry sauce or stuffing or other really? shit uh, throughout the rest of the year i'm saying i never have cranberry yeah so like, exactly. i'm saying that. once yeah. that yeah, week like, i never so have turkey yeah. like at any time during the year yeah. like other than thanksgiving once that week is over that shit's gone forever so it's like yeah i make sure like day in day out i usually i get tired of leftovers by day three for sure with thanksgiving now I can keep eating that shit all week long. So, yep. yeah, that's really tough. I think now, I'm going to stick. Is that just for the dinner food, though? Because also for me, it's the same thing like that, but also for the desserts. Because we'll get, like, sweet mm. potato pie. We'll get okay. apple pie. Like yeah. that. Sometimes we'll get, like, lemon meringue. Like, different pies are different other stuff. Like, we'll have sometimes cheesecake. During See, Thanksgiving, like that, oh, like it, yeah. it depends on like oh, what dude. you have. I oh, the so, multi-flavored cheesecake with the four different cheesecakes. Yeah, yeah. Nom, 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 nom. and See, we have it with coffee too. We have it with lattes. Like, well, the, yep. we make, like different types of coffee and stuff. So I I fuck up a pie, and my I my wife she makes homemade pecan pie, pumpkin pie, oh, yeah. blueberry pie, and she knows how to make the shit out of pies. And that's the thing is like yeah, all week long. Every single day I know of that week, like past it, I know I'm having a piece of pie, and like that's my thing. That's my go-to nighttime dessert. So, yeah. oh yeah, like it's like I said, so that's good. why I enjoy the leftovers more because they last longer. But I love the tradition, the day of, like I said, the whole thing around it. The it, there's a, there's an aura about it. Like, yeah. granted, there's the food. Then for some people, it's football. On top of that, then there's yep. also wrestling for some people. Like, yep. there's a whole vibe on that day. For everything like the whole day like you're just on it like it just happens like passively which is great like i i just love stuff like that for me a lot of time for thanksgiving besides the food and stuff like that and besides the football and everything else like i'll watch a lot of different shows like on online on like netflix and stuff like it's just something that just like plays in the background like even if i'm not like watching it specifically it's part of the vibe that's part of the whole like tradition of the holiday that's just fun for me. It's like on Christmas. Same thing. Like usually every year for Christmas, we'll watch the Star Wars movies, like all six movies, like straight through like that. But it's like part of the tradition and part of like the actual aura and part of the vibe. But it's nine now. Yeah. Like it's, it's really <laughs> fun for me. So yeah, no. And talking about tradition. Yeah. So me, football's on when it's on, but I, every year, like watching the, the first Rocky is our go-to. Like that's, yeah. I put it on every single year. So yeah, like, I love all those aspects. So I go with Thanksgiving Day, but I do acknowledge, man, leftovers, there's a special place in my heart for leftovers, without a doubt. Like, it, of any holiday, there's no other holiday I care about leftovers. I mean, granted, everyone celebrates shit differently, but, like, you know, Christmas is fine. New Year's, having the pork and rice and all that, that's fine. But, yeah, Thanksgiving, completely different. Yeah. It just Goodbye. hits a whole nother way. But Jim, I I somehow knew putting this up here. I was like, I know Jim is a leftovers guy. I just, yeah. but that's also because I feel like you do probably so much running around. And as you said, yeah, it, it's calmed down in more recent years. But there is a while where I'd be making like five stops during like Thanksgiving Day, and I was just like, fuck. I would not. Yeah, me. I would probably <laughs> not enjoy that at all. Yeah. I'm, do you guys do I, Friendsgiving? Like, cause uh, for me this year, like I'm gonna have my Thanksgiving with my family, and then like. The weekend afterwards, I'm going to go to a friend's place for a Friendsgiving and have a dinner like that, which is also going to have turkey and stuff like that. Uh, we typically, I don't know, we didn't do it last year, obviously, because of uh, COVID and shit like that. But uh, maybe this year we'll do it back up. One of our uh, group of friends always has, like, a big friend get-together, like, mm. Friendsgiving kind of deal. So 
I don't know if we're doing that this year, but no, that was always fun. Like we all just sit around, yeah. get drunk, we'll play LCR, eat a shitload of yeah. food. So because I'll oh, bring drinks thing. and I'll bring yeah. like dessert stuff, like for Friendsgiving and stuff. Like you know, outside my family, because I'll get stuff from my family. But when I'm gonna go to like somebody's house, like I'll bring something, you know, to contribute to the thing, especially if they're cooking. Oh yeah, yeah of and, course. And Friendsgiving at the end of the day, that's really much more about just the boozing. Like the mm-hmm. food is is good, but it's not the 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 centerpiece like regular mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is. So, yeah, once again, everyone out there listening, you let us know what's your favorite, what do you prefer, and also throw out what are some of your favorite side dishes or or what is your favorite leftovers with the turkey? Like, what do you do with that shit? Um, And obviously, if you're listening to this, it's Wednesday. I know it's the biggest drinking day of the year, so make sure, even though Jim and I are notorious drunks, be safe. Definitely don't drink and drive. There's better options out there. Yeah, don't do that shit. Make sure to have us playing in the background as you go through your travels from bar to bar. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Don't be that That's guy, right. but be smart and have fun. Exactly. Now, speaking of drinking, uh, Jake James, now that was that number three you're finishing off now? This is number three, son. Okay, so I was I'm almost say, done. How, how's, yeah. it, how's it feeling? It feels good. It feels chill overall. Like, like Because, again, I have a higher tolerance you know, when it comes to alcohol and stuff. Because, again, I, when I drink, I drink a lot. Like yeah, that, but Mr. Fifteen Percent wine over here. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I drink, I eat also sometimes. Like before even we start recording, I have like pretzels and other stuff with it. So like, it, yeah, vibes. You know, it feels good overall, and I like it. It's, it tastes pretty good. And again, with the, everything with the conversation and all this stuff, drinking, it feels pretty good overall. Yeah, Chambers, what'd you yeah. move on after you finished your uh, big bottle? No, I had the Mad Elf that you. Oh, that's right. So yeah, I mean, it's Mad Elf. What are you gonna do? Not as good as out of a bottle, I'll say, but it's still got that cherry explosion in your mouth and 13% alcohol, so I can't complain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Troganator, like I said, this is, this will be the only beer uh, throughout fall and probably most of winter that's my backup beer. Of anything I'm not trying new, that's going to be like, I'm always going to have a couple of those in my fridge, so I can't Let me ask you enough. something. Like, did you guys ever have like hot alcoholic drinks like as we get into the winter? Like, I, I actually mm-hmm. got into this thing where I think it was a, like a hot cider or something, but it was like it's yep. meant to be served like hot or like kind of like hot sake like in the winter months. Ah. And I, I got put onto that like recently. Like, it's really good, especially when it goes down. It feels really nice. So like the most infamous like hot toddies are always one of the more infamous like whiskey drinks. Um, you got, I mean, you can always add Jameson or shit to tea, uh, Irish coffee. But when I think hot and one of the interesting things, I know you're a wine guy. Uh, there's this wine near us that they make this Alpine spice, which is specific to winter. And you are supposed to warm it up. And it's a very like, I guess it's like cinnamon, vanilla, I, I guess it's a white wine. But like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a spicier wine. And yeah, you're supposed to warm that up. I like it, and that's the thing is, as long as it's not too high in alcohol, because if you, I mean, high alcohol content already kind of warms you up as it goes down. Yeah, you don't true. want that shit too hot. But uh, if you kind of like, if you have too much hot sauce, you put it in a little bit of soup. It spices it up, but you don't yeah. want to add too much shit on top. Um, obviously, yeah, you don't do that shit with much beer. But I will say, as a now very seasoned beer drinker, I recommend all the time two things. I think people don't do enough pour your beer in a glass if you're trying it for the first time especially yeah like and you want to experience it pour it in a glass and allow most beers to get to room temperature except for yeah. most lagers there's which a chance cold 
Yeah, because a lot of the flavors will all of a sudden, like, they will adapt better once it gets to room temperature. If it's too cold, they can't release all the the aromatics and all that shit. So, yeah, let beer get a little bit more room temp. And like I said, that doesn't apply to light lagers and shit. That, you need cold. So, but yeah, no, I'm uh, just like you, big uh, drinker of everything. <laughs> going for everything yeah. <laughs> but now uh jake james we want to first say thank you so much for coming on and once again um as he mentioned all the links are below please be sure give some love give him a follow hit subscribe on his channels and with us same deal if i'm gonna echo what jim already said if you listen to us on itunes give us a five-star review no matter what you write even if you blast us we're gonna read it and if you're listening to us on Spotify, hit that subscribe. It would really help us. And with that, we want to say have a great holidays, everyone. Have a good night. And cheers. Cheers. Cheers to Thanksgiving. Cheers, everyone. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Tim, do your best turkey impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just do the South Park one. That's the one I got. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man.